0: Your engines. Uh, here's what we've had about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Welcome to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course, we are live on Sunday nights, and I'm excited to announce again another record breaking week of downloads for the show. And I've been trying to dig deep into to the statistics to figure out, like, where is this coming from? I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad it's happening. Uh, but I'm just trying to figure out, you know, where is this coming from? And it appears that our program now being available on Amazon Music and Amazon Audible appears to be the source of quite a few new listeners to the program. So we want to welcome everybody that's new and also remind everyone that uh, we've got now over 500 episodes available for replay and how this works is every week we've got a new segment which i'll grant it uh, i'll grant you that you probably don't want to listen to the new segments after a week or two because those are sort of dated but most of our guest interviews are not Um, that means you can go back into hundreds of these interviews going back seven years and all of that is free a lot of shows uh, have a paywall where you've got to be a subscriber. Our entire archives are free, so all of the places to access the show, we've got it all for you at jimparisradio.com So good to have you with us. I, I'm also excited to notice people listening all over the world. Um, we've now start started to get uh, a base of listeners in Japan. Uh, so hello to everybody tonight listening in Japan. A lot listening in Canada. A lot listening over in the United Kingdom as well. Uh, you know, I've got a just an appetite for world travel. So I might just start saying on the show, hey, if you live in another country and want to host me, <laughs> send me an email. I may just come and visit you. So uh, just exciting to see. Uh, all of the people listening around the world as well. All right, tonight uh, in our guest segment coming up in 27 minutes, the president of the International Cruise Victims Association, Jamie Barnett, is here. She's been with us a couple of times before. We're going to talk tonight about crimes on cruise ships, and it's stuff that you will just simply not believe that goes on on cruise ships, and because there's sort of a, a cloudy... Uh, legal process you know are where where are you really when you're on a cruise ship like what country are you in when you're out at sea what legal system has a jurisdiction uh... it's it's unclear and the cruise industry seems to exploit that and uh... you're also not gonna believe what it's like to actually be on a cruise right now i just uh... did some reading this afternoon about what is required <laughs> To actually be on a cruise right now. Uh, Even if you love cruises, you probably don't want to be on a cruise right now because of all of the rules and restrictions. And I just couldn't believe it when I was reading it that anyone would go on a cruise based on all of the requirements and restrictions and the masks on board and all of this stuff. But we're going to get into that tonight in uh, just a few minutes when our guest uh, Jamie Barnett is here. Next week, uh, my producer tells me L.A. Marzulli is back. We're starting to have L.A. on a lot more regularly because he's got a lot of good information, not just on Bible prophecy, not just on disclosure and UFOs and that sort of thing, but he's also very closely following the news and uh, does a quite an excellent job of just com- you know commenting on current events and news and, Politics and everything that's happening around the world, so we're excited to have him back with us next week. Um, I have uh really gotten the bug for bike riding I think it's just my age. I was trying to do some running, I got a little injury achilles tendon um that wasn't uh very fun and uh so now I've kind of switched over to bike riding, and uh, my wife and I uh have have new bikes well they're they're new to us we we bought them used, but they're both you know, nicer kind of high end bikes where you can go long distances. And so I'm uh, really just excited about that. Yesterday we did a a big bike ride in St. Augustine and I've got this um, kind of insane idea. I've temporarily given up the idea of doing a triathlon because I that was something I was thinking about doing. And I might go back to it because biking is a big part of a triathlon. But what I'm looking at doing now is maybe a super long distance bike ride. And what I'm talking about is, don't laugh, I'm thinking of riding my bike from Palm Coast, Florida, to Key West. And uh, it would take about a week and a half, I think, to do that. And I have to go like 50 miles a day on my bicycle, which is not impossible to do that. And there are ways of mapping that so I would be on you know, side streets. I'm not going to be on Interstate 95 with my bicycle. Um, But my wife, she said, as long as I go with other people, she doesn't trust me to do that by myself. I don't know if I trust myself to do that by myself. So in any case, uh, who knows? Um, but we're having a lot of fun. This is a perfect time of year for bicycle riding because it's just starting to get cool. Especially in the mornings, it's like 70 degrees and just cool outside. This morning there was some fog you know, uh, going across the, uh, the landscape. We did this uh, ride going through uh, this paved path that goes through this wooded area near our home. And uh, just a lot of fun. Kind of spooky out there, though, with the fog this morning. Uh, Willard Scott uh, passed away. You might remember him as sort of the wacky weatherman, uh, the former weatherman for NBC's Today Show. And he was also the very first Ronald McDonald. A lot of people don't remember that. He passed away this week at the age of 87. And the one thing I used to always love about Willard Scott, he was just a a fun-loving guy, was he'd always have these, uh, he started this tradition of bringing people on, who were having a 100th birthday. So almost every day there was another person he featured who was having a 100th birthday. Either they would go with a live video hookup or just show a still picture. But I often wondered, wow, how many people are living to be 100? (laughs) I mean, this was years ago, and he'd have somebody every day that had turned 100, and that was just a really neat part of his Uh, segment that he did Willard Scott former weatherman for NBC's Today show passed away this week at 87 okay I want to talk to you about this Bob Ross documentary that is on Netflix well I guess before I do that I should tell you that we just uh, recorded and posted ask me anything episode 2 so that is up for you remember that particular episode of the show which we record on Wednesdays is only on our podcast channels. There is no video, and it's not on any of our video channels, and it's not done live, and it's not over our radio stream either, our replay stream. It is just for download uh, through all of our download partners, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. Uh, There's probably 30 different platforms that carry the audio of the show, and what we're offering you is if you want to participate by recording a question, you can get in on this week, uh, this month's uh, box of books giveaway. What we do here is every day almost we go down to our post office uh, box at the UPS store and we get books in from publishers wanting to book guests on the show. Some of those people end up on the show, some of them don't. But we still end up with free books, free DVDs. And so rather than just giving them to Goodwill or a local charity, We decided we're going to just put all of those in one big box once a month, give those to you, to one of our listeners. And it's going to be somebody who goes to JimParisRadio.com and records a question for one of our Ask Me Anything podcasts. So we've done two episodes so far. So if you recorded a question, you're in the running. There'll be two more episodes before we pick a name out of the hat. But to record your question and get a chance to win this month's box of books, go to jimparisradio.com Okay, Bob Ross. I'll be honest with you. I was never a Bob Ross fan, but I knew who he was. The guy with the afro who did the painting show on PBS. I never quite understood it, honestly. I remember one of my uh, grandmothers would watch the show. And she also took up painting for, uh, you know, quite a few years. She was never a tremendous painter. But, you know, Bob Ross was an interesting guy. I watched this documentary about him on Netflix, and I really didn't know what it was going to be about. But it was like trending is number one in the nation. So I'm like, well, something's got to be good about this this uh, documentary. So I start watching the documentary, and then it, it uh, turns into this fascinating story about how he serves in the Air Force for 20 years. He gets out, uh, starts doing these painting seminars, meets the, this uh, couple who decide to financially back him and uh, start sponsoring him to do events around the country. That leads to his TV show, and it leads to this mass merchandising of Bob Ross, everything from uh, Bob Ross paintbrushes to Bob Ross paint, to painting seminars, to people becoming certified to be Bob Ross painting instructors. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, I mean, you've got to give these people credit for figuring out a way just to take a painter and turn him into this mass merchandise, uh, personality. But the sad story is what's tragic about it, at least as the documentary portrays it is this couple, um, they uh, the the allegation in the documentary is and they're very litigious, so I've got to be careful they don't sue me because apparently they have uh, quite a history of suing people that speak out against them. And I'm not really speaking out against them. I'm just simply uh, telling you what the documentary seems to portray, which is that they took advantage of Bob Ross. That's the allegation. And that Bob Ross, after his death, his family inherited virtually nothing In terms of the Bob Ross name and and are not able to participate in all of these, you know, opportunities for profit that continue to live on. And I think his his videos continue to play on some of the PBS stations, even though he passed away uh, many years ago, I think uh, over 20 years ago, he passed away. So I was reading a little bit about Bob Ross and I found this story fascinating. Um, I had something similar happen to me in early in my career. Uh, With people that approached me and sponsored me Wanted to invest in me and it didn't work out so well for me So I could sort of relate uh, to the story And in any case, um, I started doing a little bit of research on Bob Ross And learned that he's actually from right here, from Central Florida I did not know that That he actually lived in uh, New Smyrna Beach And that his son, Steve, still lives in New Smyrna Beach, Florida Which is like 45 minutes from where I'm broadcasting tonight and that there's actually a Bob Ross Art Center in New Smyrna Beach where you can go in and look at Bob Ross paintings. You can take painting classes. You can buy Bob Ross merchandise. However, Bob Ross Inc., which is owned now by this family, which is kind of hard to understand how uh, his son Steve ended up with virtually nothing and is cut out of all this uh, merchandising, But apparently this Bob Ross uh, Painting Center in New Smyrna Beach, Florida, I went to their website because I thought about driving down there today. I thought, well, it's only 45 minutes. I love New Smyrna Beach. Uh, Maybe I'll go down there and I'll see what it's all about and maybe take a little bit of video and have something a little bit more to share with you tonight. So I go to the website for the Bob Ross Painting Center in New Smyrna Beach And it says that it is closed until further notice. Get this, not because of COVID, but because of threats related to the Netflix documentary. So this is a thing. Uh, Apparently, people did not realize that Bob Ross and his family got cut out of all of this money. And now that the word is out, I guess people are upset, especially his fans, are very upset about it. Um, I don't know if there actually have been any threats or not against the Bob Ross uh, art gallery in New Smyrna Beach. Uh, that's the claim on their website that they've had to close down that location due to threats from the Netflix people that you know, people watching the the Netflix documentary. But this is fascinating to watch this. And if you haven't seen this documentary, even if you don't really have an interest in Bob Ross, which I honestly, I knew who he was. I'm not a painter. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to see my paintings. I've tried it a couple of times. It's its not even kindergarten level. So I'm not even going to try that. So that's something I'll let other people do. One of my daughters is a tremendous artist, and, and I'll leave it to her. She's got all the art talent in our family. Uh, but even if you're not a Bob Ross fan, This documentary is unbelievable. It is unbelievable how this man could have gotten cut out of all of this money to literally where uh, his name is now owned by this other family, and his own family can't even use his name uh, to promote anything. It's, It's unreal, and it looks like maybe legally the family that did this might legally be correct um, it's just sort of questionable just I don't know I guess morally I would say uh, to cut his family out like that but uh, it's just a strange arrangement of how when he died his voting shares went to this other family. you've got to watch the documentary um, and it's it's very uh, it's very kind to Bob Ross and his son Steve and it's very unkind to this family. <laughs> that uh, bought into Bob Ross and basically took over Bob Ross's name and, and likeness and all of that uh, so this might end up like as some giant lawsuit, I don't know uh, but in any case I thought the uh, documentary was fascinating uh, alright, I published an article a few days ago on some more ways to find the lowest airfare and I want to tell you a little bit about what this article covers because a lot of people when I start Telling them what I pay for airfare, they think I'm lying, and then I tell them what I do, and then they're like, How do I do that? So, typically, for example, when we've gone to Europe, we pay like around $400 round trip for our airfare when we go to Europe. And most people pay double that. Some people pay triple or even four times that. And how that happens is there's a number of different strategies I use, but my most recent article is about how to use Google Flights and it shows you how to select seven different departing airports and seven different arrival airports for your itinerary so that it gives you a combination of 49 different scenarios to find the lowest deal for you so i live in uh near Daytona Beach so Daytona Beach Airport but then there's Jacksonville, then there's Orlando, then there's Tampa, then there's Melbourne, uh, there's Miami. So there's several airports I could go from. So by using Google Flights and putting in seven different departure airports, and then if I'm going to Europe, I mean, if you've been to Europe, you know that it's all largely connected by train. So it kinda almost doesn't matter if you're going to Western Europe, you know, really where you go, um, because you can get on a train and get anywhere. Uh, so you could put in seven different airports in Europe, or you could do this domestically. You know, you're going to Southern California. You know, there's all kinds of airports in uh, Southern California. So you could put in seven airports in Southern California. In any case, my latest article over at blog.christianmoney.com will show you how to do this. And then at the end of that article, there is a link that will take you to all of my other travel deal articles. So the one I wrote just before this Uh, is also pretty amazing how it shows you how to basically do what's called a wildcard search where you can uh, put in your city and then it will show you all over the world all the places you can go and all of the airfares and basically what it does is it does what would take you 10,000 individual searches to do. And some of the airfares, I'll just blow your mind, like, you know, 30 bucks round trip to go to New York and things like that from Florida, Uh, just incredible airfares. And by making it a wildcard search and not putting in the dates, when you click on the fare, then it tells you what the window is that you can go to get that that deal. So that's another one. And there's an article and a video that shows you how to do that. So all of that is over at the blog, blog blog.christianmoney.com. Well, the good news is that it appears that the Delta variant is peaking and we're starting to see cases falling. And I'm hearing this from people I know in the medical industry that the Delta variant, when it was in the UK, it did this. It had a spike and then it fizzled out. So it looks like the fizzling has begun. That is good news. Kind of the troubling news, though, is for those of you that have gotten the vaccine, which I have, As well, and I've told you on prior episodes why I did. I'm not going to get into that tonight. Uh, I know a lot of you listening don't believe in the vaccine. That's fine. There's a reason I got it, and I shared it with you on on a prior broadcast. So I'm not going to do that tonight. But what's concerning to me is if you get the vaccine, you don't have to wear the mask anymore. Well, they've sort of taken that away, right? Um, But now what they're talking about is they've been talking for a few weeks about a third dosage. So they were saying after six months you would need a third dosage. So you got the first shot, and then three weeks later, you get the second shot. And now they're saying six months later, there's a third shot. Well, they're now reducing that time window, saying maybe four months or five months for the third shot. And now the big buzz is they're talking about a fourth shot. And I was reading today that in Israel, for example, they're really now pushing a fourth dose. And, um, I have to tell you, uh, the people that were against the vaccine were, were warning us of this. Were telling us that there was going to be no end to this, that it wasn't going to be the one shot or the two shots that you're going to be getting these multiple shots and maybe more than once a year, you're going to have to get a shot. So I don't know, um, where I'm going to be on this. I, I have not decided if I'll get a third or a fourth shot, um, I, I'm sort of regretting a little bit having gotten the vaccine. One day, I'm glad I got it. When I hear of someone that passed away, I'm thinking, well, I'm glad I got the vaccine because this person I know didn't and they passed away. Then the next day, I you know hear about more side effects and more issues. So I'm still torn, even though I did get the vaccine. But I'm really leaning against getting a third or a fourth um, one. I, I I don't know that. It sounds like it's going to be just too much. I'm not sure that I'm on that bandwagon, but that appears to kind of be the next major thing. All right. There is an exodus from the service industry, according to an article I read today. So what I have seen here is so many restaurants being closed uh, in my area. Uh, So many service businesses closing down. My dry cleaner that I've used for years is now closed uh, and, and what I've been hearing is they can't get workers, they can't get workers. And of course, what I think a lot of us believe to be the reason is because of all of this money. So you can get, you know, unemployment and then you can get a second check from the federal government. And then there's, uh, a, a rent moratorium and eviction moratorium, which I know that just ended, but a lot of people haven't had to pay rent in over a year or a mortgage. In over a year and now that the moratorium is over, you know, they're looking at uh, some more aid packages. There's now three hundred dollars per month per child coming to people. Uh, So there's all these programs out there, all of this money. So, you know, my belief is people have all this money. They don't really need to work. And so that's the reason. But this article I read today said, no, 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 it is not that it is not pandemic pandemic money. It is not covid relief money that is causing this problem. According to this article I read today, it is an exodus from the service industry. And what they're claiming in this article is that people are reexamining their life and saying, you know what? After going through this whole thing, this whole pandemic and all these people dying, I just don't want to work at a restaurant anymore. I don't want to work at a hotel anymore. I don't want to work at a dry cleaner or a grocery store anymore. Uh, I don't want to work as a janitor anymore. So people have decided, according to this article, which I don't believe for <laughs> one second. This is a, this is sort of. I think this is a very woke perspective on it. That people have just decided. You know what? Life is too short to work at a Taco Bell. Life is too short to work at McDonald's. You know. I, I'll be honest. I don't believe that. I don't believe it for a second. Uh, that that these people have have just. Uh, They woke up one morning and said, you know what? Life is too short to make a Big Mac. And they've decided that they no longer want to work in those industries. Uh, Those industries have been around for a long time and there is nothing wrong with that kind of work. I grew up working in the restaurant business in Chicago. Even when I was in college, I would come back in the summers and I would deliver pizzas and I would make hamburgers and I would do all that kind of thing. And there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing to be ashamed about that. And those jobs are paying $10 an hour, $12 an hour. In a lot of cities, $15, $18 an hour. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, especially when you're younger, when you're just getting started, or even if you're someone who's retired and supplementing your income, those service jobs are needed in our economy. I don't think there is anything demeaning about them. Uh, You know, one of my pastors told me when I was very young, uh, I kind of sheepishly told him about the three jobs I was working one summer. And he said to me, he said, Jim, don't ever be embarrassed of a hard day's work. And I'll never forget him saying that to me and there's absolutely nothing wrong with these jobs uh, a lot of these jobs you know working at Starbucks places like that uh, they pay you a decent wage they pay for college there's all kinds of programs now Walmart's paying for people's college uh, these are not terrible jobs these are not demeaning jobs and I don't believe for a second that people woke up and said you know what life is too short to to make french fries or to uh, make coffee at Dunkin Donuts uh, I, I'm, I, for one, still stick to my belief that there's just too much free money out there and uh, it's gone too far. I mean, we should help people, yes, but we've gotten to the point now where people don't want to work. And it looks like there is a major hostage situation shaping up in Afghanistan. I read several stories today that there are literally thousands of uh, people left behind Uh, you know, Westerners, including Americans. And it's probably going to come down to a financial payment is what it looks like, that if we give X dollars, these people will be released, which which I think is horrible. and could have been prevented. But uh, that appears to be the next major international crisis shaping up in Afghanistan. And tonight, uh, Bitcoin nearing fifty two thousand dollars. I'm going to get a live quote here. Uh, Right now on the price of Bitcoin. Yeah, $51,917 if you are listening or watching live tonight. And also Ripple XRP, which we've been talking about another cryptocurrency that I've been recommending for many years. Ripple XRP, let's get a a current quote on the price of Ripple XRP. It was at $1.32. Uh, Just before we went live, $1.33 right now, if you're watching live, $1.33 for Ripple XRP. Very exciting movement in one of my favorite alt currencies. All right, tonight's sponsor, keeping us commercial free, is InternetPaycheckForLife.com. If you're looking to start a side business online, we have five free videos for you. You don't have to give us a credit card. You don't have to put in your email address. They're just sitting there for you, five videos to watch. And uh, my bet is if you watch those five videos, give you a small sample of what we have in our full training program that you'll want to consider becoming a full member. So check it out tonight. Tonight's sponsor, keeping us commercial free, internetpaycheckforlife.com, internetpaycheckforlife.com. Com. Before we get to our guests, just a couple of other quick news announcements. Uh, Texas uh, is now able to enforce its abortion ban. Uh, that is, after six weeks, uh, you cannot get an abortion in Texas. This is a major victory uh, for pro-life uh, advocates, and the Supreme Court did not take up the case. Uh, so it looks like Florida and other states may follow. Uh, that is a, a, just a, a tremendous victory for pro-life advocates, and this, in uh, I, I thought this was fascinating. Uh, Tesla uh, will Elon Musk says they're going to have a new model out within two years. Get this for twenty-five thousand dollars. This car coming out in two years will not have a steering wheel. Can you believe that? Why? Because it will be fully automated, self-driving. I don't know how you feel about that. I was talking to my wife about it earlier. I, I don't know. Maybe you'll laugh at me someday when you're whizzing by in your automated car. I don't think I'm ever going to get one of those. I, I'm just too high control of a personality to ever get into a car that doesn't have a steering wheel. I don't know. I just can't see myself doing that. Uh, but that looks like the future. Uh, self-driving cars i mean it would be kind of cool if you could trust it right to just crawl into the back seat and go to sleep (laughs) and then like wake up the next day and you're like across the country i mean that part of it would be pretty cool but i just don't know that i could trust these things because there's always a story every week or two about one of these self-driving cars getting into a wreck I i don't know i'm just not i'm not convinced i'm not convinced and i use google maps and gps and they don't always have it right so if it's going to be relying on that kind of technology i mean i can't tell you how many times i'm following you know google and maps and all of that and i end up in the totally wrong place and uh nothing's 100 percent when it comes to these computerized uh, navigation systems and uh we'll close it out with this before we get to our guest segment apparently there is a spike in student loan forgiveness scams And how the scam works is this, you get a phone call and they say uh, the Department of Education or the student loan people are not gonna call you to ask you uh, about your student loan. They're not gonna call you and say, hey, we're calling you to help you get student loan forgiveness. If you're someone that has been battling for student loan forgiveness, you know that you're the one that has to call them. They're not gonna call you to try to help you with student loan forgiveness. But the uh, scam uh, basically gets someone on the phone and says, we're we're calling from the student loan offices and we're here to help you get student loan forgiveness. And then they basically get all of the information they need from you to steal your identity and to uh, wipe out your bank account. Because you've now given them your routing number, your bank account number, your social security number, your date of birth, your address. I mean, the whole nine yards. And uh, they can wipe you out in a matter of a a couple of days. So this is going on. And uh, bottom line is you're just not going to get that phone call. Uh, (laughs) I've always said if someone knocks on your door and they say we're from the government, we're here to help you. Or if they call you and say that, uh, just hang up. Because even if they really are calling from the government to help you, you probably Don't want that kind of help. So uh, beware of that. All right. We'll take a one minute break and we'll refire the open. Super excited to have her with us tonight. She's been with us before. Jamie Barnett is the president of the International Cruise Victims Association. We'll be back with her in one minute. Stand by.